Join the big show Friday. Walking in a winter wonderland. Don't interrupt me. Join the big show Friday from 2 to 6 at the warehouse. 86 West University Parkway in Orem, if you can get there. By Friday, the plow should have come through. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom shakalaka. Yeah. yeah. This is an appropriate tune. It's totally appropriate. The, it's, the, the plows can't keep up. It's not a Christmas tune. Yeah, right. It's a winter wonderland, and we have a winter wonderland. It is snowing so fast, the plows can't keep up. I mean, it is just coming down. Yeah. <laughs> Don't race snow plows when you get on the freeway, campers. I saw that this morning. No, the guy spun that. out. No, yes. You did not. You did not. I you did, did too. Not. Yes. He wasn't I, racing a snow plow. They he were merging, not. and he tried to get in front of him. It was a race to see if he could get there. why is it TV people who always want to give counsel? Be safe out there. Because I don't want to get hit and have my car totaled on the freeway again. That's why. There. I said it. It's two miles from where it happened last time. Fine. He spun out. Not the snowplow. The dude in the little sedan. Nobody races snowplows. Yeah, he did. I was there. I shred that argument. <laughs> no one's that stupid. You're questionable. <laughs> it doesn't happen. We're a community of of people who talk on their phones on the freeway doing 60 miles an hour on a snowpack road. Oh, now now he's talking on his phone? That was, was a different guy. A this, was a dude, this was this is a different guy. This is a guy in a big pickup truck. Man, you are just very judgmental. I was not happy on the freeway today. I said some bad words aloud. But if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, did it really make a sound? I don't take the freeway when it's bad weather. I got off the freeway and thought of you, actually. Came in on State Street, got to State, and said, no, I'm not doing the freeway anymore. This has been Mr. Toad's wild ride. I'm not doing it. Right. Yeah. And I just get over to the right lane and I can go my speed. And and I totally thought of you telling me that you just got on – uh, 701 days, stayed yeah. another, whatever, you know, yeah. and you just like 20 miles an hour, straight ahead, leave way early, get there. And if I'm late, so, so be it. So be it. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get on with it. It's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah, I mean, I'm rarely late. <laughs> so uh, one of my specialties is on time. You, you have recall. slept in your car before the show. Yeah, I left early. Didn't need two hours, only needed one. Slept in the car. Oh, yeah, bring blankets. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. downstairs, Yawk. Text me when I need to come up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I didn't grow up in the driving this way, neither did you. But nope. and, and, I, and I'm such a big baby when it comes to this stuff. And uh, I just, uh, I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it, man. There's nothing more that I hate uh, in driving is in, the, in, the, in this weather. I tell the story of our neighbors. We went up to Star Valley, and he pulled over because uh, he was in his car and I was in mine. And he said, do you want my wife to drive your car? <laughs> <laughs> well, my man who was on the line, okay, I'll go more than five miles an hour, but not much more. <laughs> <It's> six, <laughs> seven. <laughs> uh, here's Jill, PK. Yes, I've seen people try to get in front of snowplows. No. Yep. They don't, they, don't, they don't race them. They do not race them. No. But be, being behind a snowplow is where you want to be. Tell me about it. I was behind a snowplow, and I was well, happy about it. it doesn't make any sense that you would try to get in front of them. It's not a big they rig. Were, they were getting on the freeway, and they just, like, slow down. No. But they didn't do it. They punched it. No, I don't believe it. 
Well, you call me a liar, and I'm not. You're wrong. I'm not calling you anything. I'm calling myself <laughs> a doubter. Josh says, uh, what the hell, guys? That's a Christmas song. That can't help. And tell PK that absolutely is a Christmas song. It's you not, No, it's misplayed during the Christmas me. season. It is, it, there's no reference to Christmas. They're walking See, in a winter wonderland. Okay, but suppose you live in Miami. They don't have freaking Christmas? Suppose you live in my hometown, Phoenix, Arizona. You don't have Christmas? That don't make no freaking sense. I celebrated many Christmases in Phoenix, Arizona, and I did not walk or traverse in a winter wonderland at all. It was cacti as far as the eye could see. Cacti. Saguaros. Indigenous to the southwest, specifically Arizona. That's it. That's the only place you can find them. You're just tacking on words there at the end. That was great. <laughs> Essentially, that's all talk is, is tacking there on words. There it is. Indigenous if you break it down addition. to its nutshell, this is not Winter Wonderland. And I have, you got, you two live on Twitter. I have gone on Twitter and proclaimed it as fact. And the government could, they did not ban me because they knew I was right. I had evidence. There's no reference to Christmas. So who said that? Who just sent that in to you? Uh, hold on. I had moved on. Joaquin? Josh Williams. Lakeisha? You're all wrong. Josh. It is not a Christmas tune. Specifically, it's miscast. Question of the morning. Utah Jazz, winners of 19 out of 20. Who do you think, if anybody, is playing below or above his capability? Well, I think you have to look at Jawan Morgan when he came in a few weeks ago. Man, I didn't see that coming. Richard says, ignoring PK, as far as balancing scoring and running the offense, I think Donovan's wearing thin with Conley out. Well, he's gotten his average points. His shooting efficiency hasn't been great for a week or so. That said, his assists... His ability to involve the other guys is great. That's not going to change. He made an emphasis. He said that specifically. It's something I need to work on. So he called himself out, put himself on public record, basically. So, of course, he's going to be better than that. He's 24 years old, wearing thin, 24 years old. He could throw the football over that mountain nah. and not even have an arm soreness. Thanks, Uncle Rico. <laughs> Come on. He's 24 years old, man. Are you kidding me? You should have seen me so buff with chest hair. Oh, stop, stop. Talk about the jazz. When I was 24. Put your shirt on. Oh, my gosh. The amount of women who flocked to me. Oh, man. Holy freak did I have it going on then. This got wildly uncomfortable. And you can only imagine what Donovan Mitchell's got going on on the basketball floor at 24. Wearing thin? Not well, even. the shooting efficiency within the five games Conley has missed, he's only shot 50% once. Shot 43 or worse the other four games, including three of them down in the 30s. And they're 5-0. and oh. Yes, they are. <laughs> and how many of those have they been sweating out at the final buzzer? They did have a game they didn't win by double digits. They only won by eight in Indiana. What was Jordan's percentage? Today's his 58th birthday. Oh, I think it was 33. I think it was 15 of 45. You can go look it up, but I'm pretty sure he's 15 of 45. And what do we remember? In game six, he made the last two shots. So he is 13 of 43. But see, that goes back to my point about LeBron. Like, you can't let them get 
within sight of the finish line. Locke said something that stuck with me. LeBron, uh, Jordan, any of the game's greats. You can plug in other guys, you know, Duncan, whoever. Uh, If you let them get within sight where there's only a few possessions they need to dominate, they can do it. And I remember uh, Locke saying, you know, if the Jazz are going to beat the Bulls, they need a 10-point lead going to the fourth quarter. Because that's too much for Jordan. He's not going to make that many plays to to come back from ten down in the fourth quarter very often. So, but if you but if you have a three point lead going to the fourth quarter, or if you're down three, no, he can see the finish line. He's going to make enough plays. He's he's going to get him the win. All right, then that's all well and good. But you give me one possession, game seven against the Lakers for the Jazz. I'm taking it right now. Absolutely. Who gets Where the, do I sign? Who gets the ball? <laughs> Is doesn't it Lakers? matter. Lakers have the ball down I one? I don't care. Or Jazz have the ball down one? doesn't matter. You just want it to come down to one possession? You want it to be that close? That's how confident I am in the Jazz succeeding in that situation. I think their defense can rival anybody's. That, I don't think, that's I don't think where people the... are going to go running to the basket because the draft is going to be there. And who's going to want to do that? You're not going to, A, you're not going to get the call. They swallow the whistle in those situations, mm-hmm. and we can debate whether that's right or not forever and ever. But that's like debating whether BYU should have the honor code. It's ridiculous. They're always going to do it. I don't care who you are. So you take away that. You, you The refs will take away the rim, basically. Plus, Gobert will take away the rim. Now you've got to hit a perimeter shot. I like my chances. Offensively, I've got Mitchell, who guard him with LeBron. Fine. I've taken, I've taken LeBron out of it then because Mitchell doesn't even need to touch the ball and you can be successful there. Because I got Conley can do his thing. I got I, so many guys can do that. Do I, do I, do I have uh, Clarkson in there? Who's stopping him? LeBron can't guard everybody. So, yeah, I absolutely 100% sign off on that very situation in which I just said. Win or offense or defense, I don't care. See, this is weird because now you're flipping the argument. Because you said, you said <laughs> earlier. Flavor. He <laughs> said earlier, I said the Jazz, and I didn't say, and I imply, it was implied, but it wasn't said. Offensively, they have an answer for whatever defense throws at them. Uh-huh. And you said they don't have an answer for LeBron. And then I that's where, that. See, that's where in the one possession that would really, I think that should really worry Jazz fans. You, you don't want to give a guy like that one possession. Okay, but that means you've won three ball games then if you're in game seven. Yep, it's true. But if so you want to buy double digits. Oh, jazz fans, go up, put out on a poll. Rally around me. Get on our app. Do the thing you do on Twitter. Uh, do a, don't send the text. We don't have that. And I, I was proven right on that. And you two mocked me and scorned me for years for not memorizing the text line. Six, four, and I six, was three, right. Six. <laughs> I was right. I said, Keyword I'm not going to memorize this because it's not going to stay forever. And I was right. And you two, yous were wrong. Wrong. And I was right. And here, I'm going to be right again. Game seven, it's t- you are up one, down one. It doesn't matter, offense or defense. How many Jazz fans sign up for that against the Lakers right now in the Western Conference Final with the NBA Finals just that close? A championship. This is within the realm. Every single Jazz fan on the face of the earth, including Jupiter, Mars, and Pluto, would say, yes, it's exactly what I want. <sighs> 
PK needs a break. DJ and PK, uh, we got more of your, your feedback, more of your predictions, more of your analysis, more of your answers to the questions coming up. <laughs> uh, Josh says, due to its seasonal theme, Winter Wonderland is regarded as a Christmas song. That being said, never let this happen again. Laughing, crying. Can we regard it as a Christmas tune? That's the point. <laughs> I'm going to play it again next and break. I'm doing nothing but winning. Of it. You are. St- I am winning like crazy today. You are stubborn. Do you want the Barry Manilow version? I feel Manilow like Trump version? at an impeachment trial. How about the Lone Star version? Brad Paisley. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The Jazz are becoming that showpiece. The Jazz are becoming the party. Everybody barbecues a bunch of stuff and gets together for the Super Bowl, and it's a lot of fun because it's the show. That's what the Jazz are becoming. It's an event now. It's an event. Must watch TV. They play a style of basketball that not only is winning a lot of games for them right now, but, you know, the old pick-and-roll, boring Jazz teams that won a lot of games, but some people across the country, it's just boring basketball. Well, this is not boring basketball. Yeah, back to the basket, dribble the clock out, take the yeah. shot. That's not that is not this team. I mean, cranking forty to forty-five threes a game—that's going to get people's attention really quickly. Hanson Scotting weekdays from ten to two on 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision's New Year special continues through February. Save one thousand dollars off normal pricing now through the end of the month. Check them out now at davisvisionmd.com. Question of the day. Jazz fans, winners of 19 of 20. Is anybody playing above or below their level? Big Strange Football says Niang is playing above his ability. Not sure I buy that. A little bit. A really? little bit. He's yeah. not he's not just improving uh, kind of along the path that we've seen, you know, Joe Ingles travel before that, Royce O'Neal travel before that. This is a guy who's getting better. I mean, actually Rudy too, but Rudy was drafted. The other guys, you know, overlooked, found. Well, Rudy would say he's overlooked too, but you get the point. They weren't for you know. I can buy it to a picks. degree what you're saying, but it has been a substantial improvement then. I love the way he puts the ball on the floor. Yep. yep. Totally and gets agree. in, uses he's got a big body and uses it. He came in the league as a three point shooter, so him hitting three point shots, no surprise. But find other ways. He can contribute in other ways now that I don't know that he was able to do or didn't do. Maybe he was able but didn't do. <clears throat> didn't have the opportunity, whatever it might be, whatever the circumstances were. But now I view him like like I said, like a little mini Jokic. Very small, so don't go crazy. I'm not comparing the two. But Jokic looks small. I'm not small, but looks slow. And, you know, he has all sorts of moves. He's like Olajuwon and McHale with the footwork. Well, I mean, I'm not comparing Nayang to any of those guys. But on a small scale, he uses his body to get off a shot in the lane. And he's close to the bucket. And maybe he could do that before, but I hadn't seen it as much. And now... It's not a surprise right. if he does that. So he can come in and score 10 points, and it's not going to be – or nine points, and it's not going to be on three threes. I think it stood out a little bit too because I do think the team with the back-to-back and three games in four days and being a little shorthanded, I think 
that we've seen the three-point shooting slump as a group, and I think it's fatigue, and I don't think he's been impacted, so I think he's stood out a little more. And I don't think he's impacted because he just doesn't play as big a minutes. You know, it's, it's one thing to go through that schedule when you're playing 28, 32, 34 minutes. It's another thing to go through that kind of schedule if you're playing, you know, 12 or 15 minutes. Uh, Jeff says the best thing about this stretch is I don't think anyone has had to carry the team. Everyone's had different games where they've been the guy. Even our 8-9 eight and, eight and nine guys have had games where they've been the spark. And I think that's why the answer to this is largely no. We've nitpicked a couple things. But I think the answer is largely no, because guys, you know, Ingles has a 27-point game one night, but the next night he's right back at 14. It's not like he's been rattling off 24 and 27 one after another. He certainly has not done that. I don't know that he's – I guess maybe he's capable if he took enough shots, but that'll never happen. So there's no point in discussing that. You know, I could make a case, and this is actually a positive, not a negative, <clears throat> that Mitchell is playing a little bit below what he's capable of. Yeah, I and think that's you're right. Great. Yeah, right. It's good to know he has another gear. Yeah, because the uh, the shooting percentages have been down. We had a listener who uh, yeah. who called our attention to that, and uh, and he's right. You know, there've been uh, three of the last five games he's been below forty percent. He's only been over fifty once, and uh, and I that's think of him as a guy news. who should yeah, who's probably going to shoot about forty percent, give or take a point or two, about forty percent from three, and about forty five percent overall. So, yeah, if he's down, he'll have the up and he'll get back to who he is. You know, your, uh, your baseball, you know, 280 hitter analogy. If you're a 280 uh-huh. hitter yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're hitting 215, well, you're going to have a hot streak. And if you're a 280 hitter and you're hitting 320, you've got some 0 for 4s in your future. Yeah, I think the good thing about Mitchell is he's the one guy that stats are somewhat irrelevant and yeah. he's going to be judged by winning mm-hmm. and he's going to be judged by winning plays. Yep. That's I said that why I think that I would take that situation and I'd love to hear what jazz fans have to say and I, I know I was just messing around and running out of gas on purpose and all that stuff but uh, in, in in a serious vein I would love to see the jazz in that situation where they're up one down one let's just go up one or no excuse me go down one uh, <clears throat> with 24 seconds to go game seven against the Lakers. I really like their chances because I believe Mitchell's clutch. I really do. I could argue, and he's just barely getting started, so it's a useless argument. I, but I could argue he is as clutch as any jazz player has ever put on a jazz uniform. And there's so much more to be done that it's sort of pointless to make it. But I believe in him. My point that I'm making is <clears throat> I have a lot of faith. Knowing that most guys, Kobe, Magic, MJ, whoever they might be, they're going to miss shots in those situations. It happens. The greatest of the greats miss a fair amount of shots. So that's going to happen. But I believe in Mitchell's clutchness at the highest level, even though we haven't seen it. So maybe my belief is more faith than actual proof at this point. But I just believe it. I believe he has. A, he's a kid from the East Coast. You know, I love those people. I believe they've got stones for whatever reason. I think they were born with them, and they can develop them too. And so I would love for that to come down. Game seven against the Lakers, they're down one with one possession to go because I believe Mitchell can find a way. And maybe it's just simply as a decoy and somebody else makes a shot. You know, Jordan on his today's his 50th birthday and we saw the huddle to Kerr. I'm th- they're doubling me, Stockton's doubling me, and I'm throwing you the ball. And basically the underlying tone was, 
hey, you bleeper, you better make this shot. Hmm. And I'm I'm bestowing confidence on you and in you to make that shot. And I think that played a factor in Kerr making that shot. Now, Mitchell doesn't have that cachet yet to do that, but I believe that he has the ability to get it done. So I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. And I believe most Jazz fans would agree with me to the tune of 75-80%. Mm, I, I'd even think it'd be higher than that. I think there have been a lot of games where we've well, seen. Now, they haven't been the highest level, so that's where you're going to get a little bit of pushback. Uh, but there have been a lot of games where we've seen Donovan Mitchell either not score uh, and, and maybe shoot very little in the first half or not score and shoot a lot in the first half and just be cold. You know, I mean, two for ten at halftime and then come alive in the second half of the fourth quarter. And that's happened yeah, so think- much. It, and it's different, you're right, if you're in a Western Conference final and you're doing it. And he hasn't been in a Western Conference final, so it hasn't happened yet. You know, he's won one playoff series and, you know, the Jazz and this. Quinn Snyder, Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, you know, they've won two, uh, but they won one the year before Donovan got here, yeah. and they won one his first I think year. what you're miscounting is I can't tell you the number of commun- various forms of communication I've gotten over the years. I can't believe I'm saying this. I agree with PK. <laughs> so there's going to be a fair amount. Just because I say it, and I'm, I have a rough exterior and all this stuff, we all know who I am that people are going to disagree with me just because of the way I present it. Right. And, and I've also learned over time that if people want to disagree with me, they just blame you. Which, yeah. by the way, I have so no problem with. So if you said it, it would be 85%. <laughs> I say it, it's not going right. to be because I say it. But the people, and I say it in an aggressive manner in your face. The thing is, if I say it and people disagree with it, they go, that PK, what a blow Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. So people are reluctant to agree with me, but I think if they can step back and look at the message, I believe there's a, a an enormous amount of faith in Mitchell. I believe I there's think, a ton of belief. I think Jazz fans, uh, A, respect, and B, love Donovan Mitchell so much that they are willing to see, agree with you if necessary. I think it's beyond the love, though. I mean, the reason why the love is there, and yeah, he supports himself well and all that stuff. I think it's just the belief that this guy has it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's that it factor that we talk about with quarterbacks. And I think that it's there with Mitchell. And they believe in him. Even though he's probably going to miss that shot in that situation more than you make it. Because that's just the way it is. But they believe that... He has that ability, and it just seems like that. He's rarely frazzled. Standing there against one of the greatest legends the game has ever known, certainly one of the greatest characters, and he just stood there and took it from Shaq and just, all right, and just, <laughs> and just rolled it. And like, it's basically, it was Mitchell. Mitchell's this little dude figuratively and uh, literally compared to Shaq, and he just... He basically brought Shaq down to size. Shaq didn't know what to do. He was somewhat tongue-tied, and he's always got something to say. And there was awkward silence. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, that was remarkable, that the way he did that. He played that so well. And I believe that that's the love factor. But the respect factor is the kid is a baller. Give me that situation. Game seven, down one against the Lakers in the Western Conference Final. Now that I say it, 97% of Jazz fans would sign up. That's for what I'm talking about now. Now you're moving in the neighborhood, I'm thinking, exactly. 90 plus. 
Uh, Jake Coon believe Mitchell would succeed. Jake Coon tweets at us, uh, what I love about this team is that I never cringe when anyone comes off the bench. Faves, Niang, JC, Joe, all good. Nine deep, he believes. <laughs> you're, you're, okay. you're, you're looking for a weakness. You're looking, where can I make a dent in this argument? <laughs> we could all hear it as you sucked on your lip there. Well, I was trying to go back, you know, because if you're the eighth, nine guy, am I cringing because I'm only expecting you to be in there for a few minutes? I think they play eight yeah. guys pretty big minutes. Um, you know, faves. Uh, maybe favors in the Yang, I guess, in terms of minutes would be guys eight and nine, right? Because favors is rarely playing. Occasionally, it depends on the opponent and the matchups, but he's rarely playing alongside Rudy. So he's mostly getting he is, the minutes this Rudy go is around. out for. Yeah, in this go-around, right. Okay, I'm I'm fine with that. There's not an so those are guys eight and nine. Favors does what he does. I think Clarkson what he signed up for. Clarkson Ingles played pretty big minutes. Uh, They play about half the game. Yeah, which I think is big enough. I always thought if you're playing 24 of the 48, you have enough opportunity to make a, a significant impact on the game. Those are enough minutes for you to really impact winning. You know, 10 you can argue isn't 15. Maybe depending on the given game, but consistently half the game, twenty-four, you have an opportunity to make your impact, and those guys have. There's no question. Joe Ingles, I assume he'll come on tomorrow because they play tonight and play Friday, and he's this guy's been he's kept his commitment in a manner that I want to hug him, but I don't want him to let him know too much that I appreciate him. Uh, but he's playing the best ball he's ever played. He won't address it. I tried a couple weeks back. He sort of blew me off because that's his style. I I think tomorrow, especially if they win tonight, and my gosh, if we're ever Jazz fans, it's always Wednesday night when they play. (laughs) Well, I've told told him, Joe, I need you to shoot it well, and I need you to win because you're way more fun after a win than a loss. It's not even a close call. Right. Yeah, they're so letting the Wednesday wins go. Nights, yeah, man. they let the wins go, but they don't let the losses go. It doesn't sound right, you know. After the Clarkson, yeah, Clarkson yeah, yeah, on yeah, the media yeah. availability, he doesn't do a lot of those. Uh, but he had a forty-point game, so he did one. <laughs> so they picked two or three guys. So most guys, you know, most nights you don't talk to most guys. Uh, uh-huh. But they picked him after the forty-pointer, obviously, and, and he said, um, "I'm thinking about this now, but when I leave here tonight." I let it go. That's my mindset, and it's all it's all next game. It's all Clippers, and you can't say that after a loss. Well, we let it when we leave here tonight. We let it go. <laughs> you know, you, you can't say that. It doesn't sound right. Although in the NBA they have to do that, but I get your point. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I think I'm going to ask Joe: Are you playing with the most confidence that you've played with? Now he's so reluctant to talk about himself. Ask him. Tell us about Jordan Clarkson. He'll go on for an hour. Yep. Oh, and he'll give us good stuff. The first time I talked to Jordan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he told yeah. me. <laughs> that was a great story. Right. Yeah. Uh, five seconds on the, the clock. Yeah. Just give me the ball. I'll get a shot up. Okay. So someone's got yeah. a high, well, Joe's high opinion. Uh, yeah. Well, he's yeah, right, it worked. Man, he, he was right. Yeah. yeah. That was the amazing thing. I don't know what, what's more amazing, that he said it or that it's actually true. I think that it's actually true. Well, depending on, you know, the way he said it. Yeah. It's like, hey, if you get in a bind, man, I want you to look for me because you know you probably don't know a whole lot about me. You haven't necessarily studied me. You haven't played me that much. But I, I, I believe I can get the shot. 
you know, if he says it that way, and really anyway, if he says it with all sorts of cockiness, even better now that I think about it. Say it, say it however you want, JC. I've got no problem uh, because the more confident and cocky you are, probably the better you are. And I believe you have to have that. Every great player has have a le- has just had cockiness, and cockiness is viewed negatively. But when manifest the right way, it is not. It's the actual skill that you want to have. I don't know if it's a skill. Maybe a trait is a better word. It's the trait that you want to have. You want your guys. You want Jordan, who's sucking, to have the audacity to take the last shot. That's good. You don't want him to be timid. Rice says... I think the minivan is shooting below his usual numbers, but his defense has been pretty good. So that's a little, uh, he's worse over here, he's better over there. Who would you say, the minivan? Is that what you said? Yep, the minivan. George Niang. Shooting below yeah, his I don't usual. know what the number. I don't care what the numbers are, man. <laughs> I just go with the eye. And to me, Niang's coming in and he's having an impact. So what they're asking him to do in a limited capacity, he's doing. I'd like him putting the ball on the floor. Finding Rudy for lobs, finding himself with a little jump hook or a little uh, eight-footer yeah, in the yeah. lane. I like right. it. I, I think it makes you a lot harder to guard. You know, guys get caught. Like, am I supposed to go help on him or not? And yeah, I think it messes. I think it messes with. Well, the, the closer team. Niang is to the bucket, the better he's going to shoot. DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven-five at twelve eighty. The Zone. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, coming up twenty minutes away. Stay with us. The Big Show, the Big Show, with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. The Jazz remain red hot. They won nineteen of their last twenty games. Jordan Clarkson is just such an incredibly important part of this team. He's instant scoring. He changes the dynamic of the game. He's an impossible matchup for the other team, and he had it going. He only took twenty shots to get forty points in twenty-nine minutes, which is pretty incredible. I love what we heard from Jordan Clarkson. He's being himself. I'm just coming in, doing what coach is telling me to do, and what my teammates trust me to do, and take shots and try to make plays. I think my role is who I am. And he's doing it at a level beyond anything he's done before. He's essentially been unbelievable to be who he is. And this is really one of the great coaching moves I've seen in a long, long time. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, joins us in the next segment. Right now we've got you folks weighing in on the question of the day with the Jazz. Having won 19 out of 20, who do you think, if anybody, is playing below or above their capabilities? And we've got people uh, weighing in here with uh, lots of responses. Uh, Niner Youth says, that's what's so crazy about this run. No one is doing anything that would be considered above their capability. They're all just gelling so well as a team right now and playing very unselfish basketball. Yeah, I agree with the latter, but when Clarkson scores 40, that's above. Yes, that one game is. Yeah, when you're only two points off your career high, you're playing above your level. And you're doing it in not even 30 minutes? But I think that people were taking the bigger picture. I think everyone would agree that. But I think when you phrased it, you know, with them winning 19 of 20, they were looking at the 20-game stretch. Okay, if you judge it, literally on a 20-gamer, but if you take it individually, 
I think we've had guys play better than I thought. I did not think Joe Ingles at 33 was going to play this well. Yeah, he was the first one I went to. You know, it's just he's shooting the ball just off the charts right now. You're not really surprised by his passing, are you? I mean, aren't you no, more he's an awesome surprised? Playmaker. Right, and I think he'll always be able to pass. You put him in a scramble, and he's gonna he's gonna know who the open guy is. His instincts are incredible. Mm-hmm. So when you're really talking about his shooting. He's shooting the ball at a very high rate. Yeah. It's amazing as I look at Joe, one of the great stories that we have in sports, and we've said this a million times, we're about stories, you and I and all of us in our business. And it's amazing to me that it wasn't seen by an NBA team until he was 27. Why? I don't know why. (laughs) What was going on there? Maybe he wasn't as good. I don't know. I never heard of Joe Ingles until the day they signed him, to be honest. And now I'll never forget him. I have eternal love for Joe Ingles. The day he retires and goes off to Australia, I'm going to be sad. On all sincerity, I'm going to be sad. Yeah, I believe it. And we all are. If he makes a few more free throws, he'll be a 40-50-90 guy. And those are really... Really hard numbers to hit. 40% from three, 50% from the floor, 90% from the line. Steve Nash got nothing on him. <laughs> Steve Nash <laughs> on the short list of 40, 50, 90 guys. It's not a long list. And Joe's not there because he's 87.9, basically 88% of the uh, line. I'll take it. But I'll he's close. And good luck if he gets it. Great if he gets it. But if he doesn't, I'll take it. I'll take 80, 88% from the free throw line for anybody. So I think he's played a little bit above his capability. And the great thing about it is at times, many of these guys have, I sound like Gordon, at times, mm-hmm. that uh, who's it going to be tonight? It, 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 you could look back, and I'd have to look back at every box score to can I make an argument that it's 19 out of 20? Has there been one player just about every game who's done better than expected? The flip side is that there's probably guys every game who've done worse. I mean, Bogdanovich really hasn't taken off consistently. He's had moments, but I thought he'd be a little bit better. But I don't care that he isn't a little bit better because it's not necessarily necessary. And very few times do you have things that aren't necessarily necessary. Stack them up. Let's go. (laughs) Use the word necessary as many times as possible. We're not, I'm not reading any more tweets that don't have the word necessary in them, people. So if you plan on tweeting at us, put the word necessary in there. I'm not I told you it. my brother-in-law, the uh, Hall of Fame soccer coach in Arizona, mm-hmm. was the PA announcer for Cactus High School football. And I used to help him spot. And he did read something about you need they're doing a raffle or whatnot. <clears throat> and he meant to say uh, you need not be uh, not necessary to be present mm-hmm. to win. And he said, you need not be necessary. Everybody in the stands <laughs> looked back at him. What's going on up there? What just happened? <laughs> and I thought, great, I got it. this is my best chance to win because I've never been necessary. necessary. <laughs> I'm spotting for a PA guy. <laughs> uh, we got a couple people here who are with you on uh, the bogey shooting. Uh, Braden, Bogey's playing below for sure. Greg, Bogey definitely playing below his capability. JC seems likely to cool off, but he may be the flamethrower who can keep it going. And he, he used the fire emoji instead of that, but well done. 
Bogey shooting below for sure, Nate says. That's the one everyone's defaulting to. But I'm wondering if that's a byproduct of having four shooters out there and having seven shooters out on the team uh, that it's sort of led to his decline in that way. And as long as you're winning games, who really cares? Well, I guess it depends on on the decline. If you want to say that he's not scoring as many points as he did well, he's not. Uh, a year ago, I would say the big factor in that is that there are so many three-point shooters out there. There's always yeah. four three-point shooters on the floor. Uh, they've upgraded that. Uh, but the efficiency, you know, if you don't have to shoot as often, you can pass up the questionable shots and just keep the wide open stuff. You'd expect the numbers to go up. And, you know, he, this month he's shooting below 40%. And I think and we all think that he's, nine, out of 20. he's a better – I know, right? He's a better shooter than that. Right. But to your point, you know, who can, who can do better? I mean, he's at 39.4 for the year. He's not that far off of 40%. 39.4. Right. But if you look up in a couple weeks and he's shooting 43% from three, I think most of the fans are going to say, well, of course he got on a hot streak. Okay, he was but a little at blow that what extent, he was doing. though, will then somebody else come back? So it's, it'll flush out. It, it, none of this stuff matters as long as you win. 19 or 20, right? Just keep doing yeah. what you're doing. I don't care. A little and bit. if Bogey gets better and somebody else slips a little but you still win, Take it. it doesn't Take matter. It it's all about winning. Yep. It's yeah. And so if they go uh what, uh thirty eight and two over forty games. I'm pretty sure everyone's going to take that. <laughs> you know, and I want to tell you right now, that's stupid. They're not going to do that. But after they won 11 in a row and lost a game, I think I was blathering on something about how they're not going to win 11 in a row. And they may not, so I may be right, but they've come close enough I don't really feel all that right. Well, we'll have to see. I don't know that I'd ever pick anybody to win 11 in a row. Right, exactly. In the NBA. I agree. So That's many, what I was saying about eight yeah, wins I ago. I point, and it was fair at the time. It was all a lot. It was what you are. It's logical, and you're the ultimate logical man. So I understand that. But the thing about Bogdanovich is he'll be able to tell his grandkids wherever he's going to live on this planet, probably somewhere overseas. I was part of the greatest play in jazz history. <laughs> that behind-the-back pass got it started. O'Neal, I will memorize that play. O'Neal. To go to Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich in the air, feet not on the ground, mm-hmm. back behind the back pass to Mitchell. Mitchell curls it like it's a freaking softball. Wait, and he looks for a second, and then he guns it. When have you ever seen a baseline opposite baseline Nobody, pass? Nobody passes corner to corner. Two things happen. The rim is in the way, and there's usually a big guy close enough that they're gonna they're gonna get a deflection on that. There's too many big guys on the baseline. You yeah, maybe it hits the net. Any number of things. Yeah, you hit a left hander in stride, and so he catches the ball on his left side. Doesn't even bring it down below his neck. The accuracy of the pass had John Stockton nodding like, okay, I approve. That that would that pass was on the money. Hit him. I've right never in seen rhythm. that play. Never. Right. That's the greatest play in jazz history. 
Not the most impactful, impactful, not the biggest shot. No, none of that stuff. But it is the singular greatest play in jazz history. Well. The only other one you can come is that baseball pass that Stockton had to Malone in the finals. Yes, there it is. There it is. That's the one I was going to. A pass so good that it made the Jordan documentary, and it wasn't the Bulls doing something well. And you but I've seen that year. play before. You have. You have seen 70-foot baseball passes, and it was on the money, parachuted in. But that one's on every highlight reel with the great NBA Well, he moments. hit Malone in stride, yeah. and Malone makes the catch, turns, up. and scores in yeah. one motion. It and was, that's great. It was but flawless. Did, no, they had, uh, and, the heat. And, it was, and it was stocked into Malone. The I mean, Heat had that. Yeah, they're the fun, famous right. combo. The Heat had that. Who was it? Uh, was it Wade to LeBron or LeBron to Wade? Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. Yep. So we've seen. I've never seen that play. Two cross court passes and baseline to baseline hit a left hander who's moving. He's not standing still. That's the greatest play I've ever seen. DJ and PK coming up next. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, former BYU assistant coach, is a member of Rick Majerus' staff at the U as well. And I'm going to ask him about uh, Jordan Clarkson and the one thing Jordan Clarkson has done that I could not possibly have predicted. And we will do that next. Stay with us.